This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Hundreds of millions of tons of plastic are produced annually, and a significant part of that plastic ends up in the ocean, taking a toll on marine life and our environment. An expert says we can all help make things better. It's just such a bad use of resource, of energy, of time, of money to produce this stuff once, use it for a few minutes, and then have to go through this entire process of either recycling or disposing of it. Then, for people with autism, employment opportunities can be limited. But teaching job readiness skills starting at a young age can make a big difference. We are making a place for these guys in our communities. Teaching them the skill sets that start in school and then equate to a paycheck. Those two stories are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Despite recycling efforts, millions of tons of plastic end up polluting our oceans every year. But there are ways each of us can make things better. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. We've long heard about the environmental danger from plastic shopping bags, which remain a threat. But now, environmental experts are shining a new light on something we don't hear much about, microplastics. And they have new warnings about what all types of plastic waste are doing to our oceans. Joining me now with the latest is Will McCallum, head of oceans at Greenpeace United Kingdom. Mr. McCallum, you say that a good chunk of the 300 million tons of plastic that humans create winds up in oceans. For perspective, looking to the future, how will the weight of plastic, say, compare to the weight of fish? Well, there are some scientists that estimate that it could overtake the weight of fish. But, you know, even if it doesn't get that far, the point is there's too much of it going into the ocean. Far too much. About a rubbish truck a minute when you really break it down. And if we carry on like this, our oceans aren't going to be as healthy as we need them to be if we want to keep them healthy for future generations. People may say, I'm recycling, but is that enough? Unfortunately not. Less than 10% of plastic across the world is recycled. And even that, not always so well. So recycling, it will definitely play a part. But fundamentally, if we want to tackle this plastic problem, we have to bring down the amount that we're producing because no recycling system on Earth can deal with more than 300 million tons of plastic. It's just such a bad use of resource, of energy, of time, of money to produce this stuff once, use it for a few minutes, and then have to go through this entire process of either recycling or disposing of it. It would make much more sense to think about reusables, closing the loop, cutting out packaging, you know, any way we can to make this whole thing a lot more economic, a lot more efficient. So let's talk about microplastics like microfibers. These are found in clothes and other fabrics. They're particularly troublesome, aren't they? They are. They are because they're invisible. So it's hard to measure just how many of them there are. At the moment, the Greenpeace ship, the Esperanza, we're passing through the Sargasso Sea on our campaign for a global ocean treaty. And we're finding thousands of pieces of plastic there, these microplastics invisible to the human eye, only visible through a microscope sometimes. And when they're in the ocean, they can be mistaken as food by small fish, which are then eaten by bigger fish, eaten by even bigger fish, maybe even ending up on your dinner plate. 
And when plastic's in the ocean, it can act as a kind of magnet. So other toxins, things like mercury or other chemicals can attach to it. So what they're eating is not just the plastic, it's also all of this other stuff that's attached to it. Much of your message is about making better choices. So how do we avoid buying things with microfibers in them? Well, one of the main sources of microfibers are your clothes. So people that wear nylon or polyester clothing, I wear a lot of it, I play a lot of sport, and that's the main way, because when you put it in the laundry, tiny little microfibers, they shed off of the clothes, and they're so small they can go through the drain and down into the water system and into the ocean. So by not buying those clothes in the first place, you know, I think fast fashion, we've all gotten used to clothes on convenience. Maybe we could just repair the clothes that we had sometimes. But also buying more natural materials, wool, cotton, or silk, or if you do have synthetic clothing, then the way you wash it can help make a difference. So we're doing it at a lower temperature, lower spin cycle, uh, full load. These are all ways you can reduce microfibers going into the ocean. What are some of the recommended products for the bathroom? Well, in the bathroom, there's all kinds of ways. But I like to point to the most old-fashioned of the lot, which is why don't you get a bar of soap instead of having so many plastic bottles of shower gel or shower cream? You know, you could use bars of soap again. It's so easy that people forget. And this is a common theme throughout the plastic problem, is the solutions are actually quite easy. And what we need are for uh, government to legislate to make it easier for us to make those easy choices. Baby diapers, how many are used each year? How big a problem are they? They're a huge problem. And I sometimes don't like talking about them because, you know, I have friends who are young parents and they say to me, I've got no time, I've got no energy, I've got no money, and I feel really guilty all the time that I'm using so much plastic. And I just say, well, it's not all or nothing, you know. You don't have to totally swap to reusable diapers, to cloth diapers. You could just use them when you're at home. And then when you're out, use disposable ones. And you're still cutting your plastic footprint by a significant amount. Same with cleansing wipes. You know, a lot of people who have babies have endless of these wipes, which are often made with synthetic materials. You know, if you use cloth when you're at home and use those wipes when you're out, you're still cutting it. We have to move away from this idea of individual guilt and feeling bad about every single one of our choices, because that's not the game we're playing. Ultimately, this is a shared problem, that we have shared responsibility to tackle it, and, and we can do that together. We're visiting with Will McCallum, head of Oceans at Greenpeace UK, about the problem of plastics polluting our oceans. Like the microfibers we discussed before, plastic straws seem to be a big problem. Has there been a significant movement away from using these? Absolutely there has. There's been a very rapid movement away from using straws, which is fantastic. The big four are what I advise people to give up. Reusable water bottle, a reusable bag, reusable coffee cup, and say no to straws. And if you do those four, you're having a big impact. What I'm wary of, though, is that straws become a sort of excuse for not doing anything else. Because local government says, well, we banned straws. Isn't that good? And take a step back and say, yeah, but they're just one product. You know, it's fantastic you're starting with straws, but you also need to look at the bigger picture. How can we put in place a system where we don't have this single-use, unnecessary plastic there in the first place? Many of us have seen large so-called river trash cleanup ships. One type has what looks like a conveyor belt that scoops garbage out of the water. Are there ships somewhat similar that can scoop garbage out of the ocean? At the moment, there are. Maybe there will be in the future, and maybe engineers will come up with an amazing machine. But the analogy I like to use is, you know, when you walk in your house and the house is flooding because somebody left the tap on, you don't reach for the mop to mop up the water. You run to the tap, and you 
turn it off at source. And we have to think of plastic in the same way. There's no point in cleaning it up if we're allowing just as much to be produced all the time because the problem is only going to get worse faster. So we have to turn it off at source before we turn our attention onto the cleanup. Can ordinary people stage events to clean up their beaches? And is this sort of thing effective? Well, I include in my book tips on how to organize a beach clean because I think they're great events. They have a very tangible, direct impact. You're making that beach safer for wildlife, safer for people. So it's great. You should definitely do them. But the main reason why I like beach cleans is they're a great way to involve people in doing something about plastic. Great way to teach people about the plastic problem. And a great way to send a message or to maybe invite a local political leader down to get them interested in plastics. And that's why I like beach cleans. What about legislation? What do you advise ordinary people to do to try to move that ball forward? Everyone's a voter. You know, if you're a voter, you should be writing to your local representative saying, you know, we need to set targets, ambitious targets to reduce plastic production. What are you doing about it? We need to get rid of items that can't be recycled. What are you doing about it? We need to make sure that plastic isn't so cheap and easy to produce, that producers are actually paying the full cost. So they're paying for it at the end of its life. You can bet that they'll want to produce less of it if that's the case. So getting in touch, using social media to tag your local representatives. You know, we have access to power and knowledge in a way that we've never had before, and we should use it. Will McCallum, Head of Oceans at Greenpeace UK. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, helping those with autism find meaningful jobs. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.